was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. From the outskirts of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Shot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hi! On today's episode, we're breaking down all the Ray theories heading into The Last Jedi, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Hey, uh, Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by you, our awesome Patreon subscribers. Click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and learn how you can support the show. Reminder, $1 gets you into the patron-exclusive Slack team, where you can uh, chat with us, pitch us ideas for recordings, which we frequently use, and $5 gets you into a bonus um, mini-podcast every month in which we'll be doing a little bit of trivia, you'll be able to ask us anything, and we'll be giving away prizes each and every month. Yay, prizes! So that's patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Help us uh, keep the lights on on the show. Yes. All right, Nancy, it's time for Fixers Flash, the geeky things we've been up to, and as per tradition, we start with you. Um, I finished Crooked Kingdom. I, if you listened to the book club episode, I had mentioned that I was almost done with it and bummed I hadn't finished it yet to talk about it. But I finished it on Halloween because I wanted to be done with reading for NaNoWriMo, which started on Wednesday, November 1st. And, um, Cricket Kingdom was great. Uh, I highly recommend the Six of Crows duology by Lee Bardugo. They're full of uh, snarky teenage assholes doing crazy impossible things. So it's A+. Um, I went on to start NaNoWriMo, and I have been doing well, and I had told myself that I was going to focus really on writing and not and only read the book club book for the month, uh, like at night. But someone got distracted. Yeah, The Legends of Luke Skywalker came out on Tuesday. And I said, well, that's perfect because I'll save it for when I'm done with Nano. And uh, I'll save it for when I'm done with Nano. And then that'll be my reward. And then I'll have... Like, I'll read that, and then Canto Bite will come out on December 5th, and then that will keep me busy until The Force Awakens comes out. Or not The Force Awakens. The Last Jedi comes out. So, perfect. Um, but I bought The Legends of Luke Skywalker on Kindle, even though I already had the physical copy. And, I well, I don't have the physical copy yet. I'm getting it. And I was like, well, I don't have it. And then I'm like, oh, they have a Kindle version now. Because when I tried to pre-order it, they didn't have a Kindle version. So I bought the Kindle version. And then I started reading it, <laughs> and it was really good, and I couldn't stop reading it. Um, so everyone should read this book, and I will have a review up later next week, but um, I would just have to rant for a minute. Can I rant, Brian? Is that acceptable? You always have the permission <laughs> to rant on this show. You should know that by now. <laughs> so 
Um, Legends of Luke Skywalker is a book about a group of deckhands who are like young teenagers um, on the way to Canto Bight. And as they're on the trip, they take turns telling stories about Luke Skywalker and all of the legends they heard of him. And um, like you don't know whether, whether the stories are true or not because a lot of them are passed down over the years you know some of the people like heard it from other people or they like it you know it's it's usually not the person who experienced the story who's telling the story so there's a lot of like telephone going on but the point is it's not whether or not the stories are true it's what the stories say about luke skywalker and they're all about like how he's how he wants to learn and how he wants to teach and how he helps people and how he inspires people and brings hope to people and like it's basically a book treating Luke Skywalker as a mythical figure that all Luke Skywalker fans see him as and i just do not understand why people are poo-pooing this book so much it's like oh it's not what i expected it doesn't really say anything about what he's done after endor and i'm like it says everything because this is how he's thought of in this sequel trilogy era of time. And that's important. And there's a paragraph in one of the stories that is basically lays out exactly what he is doing on Octo. Like why he's chosen to exile himself instead of fight with the resistance. Like he basically says there's more than one way to fight. And like, I just think people are being really short-sighted and focusing way too much on what is canon. And plus, it's a beautiful book. Ken Liu is a beautiful author. Like, I can't get over how great his prose is. And, like, I am not a big fantasy fan. And I'm, like, I, I know he's written some fantasy books. And I'm I'm going to go and read them because that's how good of an author he is. So, everyone, stop worrying about canon. Go read this amazing Luke Skywalker book. And uh, tune in next month when we do our Last Jedi preview episode, because I'm going to have a lot of things to say about this book and the movie. Well, uh, well, and I'm also going to be reading this book as well. Yes. And we may do an episode towards the end of the month or beginning of December where we just talk about this book. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it'll fit on well in our Last true, Jedi preview true. episode. Because and like I've said, if this book is how Luke Skywalker is treated in the Last Jedi, we're in great shape. Nothing to worry about. It's yeah, it's it's amazing. I don't know if it's my favorite book of the new canon so far. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the Weapon of a Jedi, which was another <laughs> great Luke book. But um, this one's up there, and I it might end up being being my favorite. We'll see. Have to evaluate. <laughs> So yes, that is what I've been doing and a rant. Good Saturday morning. Happy Saturday morning, everyone. <laughs> uh, as for me, um, not a whole lot. I bought an Xbox One X, which I'll be getting Tuesday. Oh, that'll keep you busy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so since my wife is going to be missing an action for the next month, I will what? just be uh, entertaining myself with video games. Listen, Nano started on Wednesday. Have I been missing an action so far? I'm not even yet, recording I, this podcast. Not yet, but I know it's coming. I'm recording this podcast with you. I'm not missing an action. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, the last time Nano rolled around, you didn't have your own workstation in the other room. No, I do have my own workstation. It's great. Mm-hmm. 
can put on my headphones and turn out the world. And my video games. Yeah. How many times do you come up to like talk, say something to me and you freak me the hell out? Yeah, you are just in your own world. Well, I can't hear. You need to just text me. (laughs) My phone is right there. Just text me. This is such a wonderful insight into our marriage. I'm coming in the room. (laughs) Don't be scared. (laughs) Or just ask Uh, me the question via text. There we go. We don't speak to each other verbally anymore. We only speak through text messages. That's not true. (laughs) Uh... Uh, something fun we are doing and super geeky we're doing today, though, is we are going over to a Universal City Walk mm-hmm. and uh, getting lunch at a lovely place called Toothsome's, which is, I kid you not, a steampunk chocolate factory and restaurant. Mm-hmm. We've been there, I think, twice before? Yes. The f- twice or three times? I think twice. Twice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the food is good, the drinks are really good, and the desserts are incredible. Yeah. All wrapped in a lovely steampunk theme. It's great. I love that place. If we lived closer to Universal, we would be there all the time. Yeah. We, I think last time we went, we ended up having a conversation with Penelope Toothsome, who is the the owner of the Tucson's Chocolate Emporium. Yes, and there are uh, there are cast members, not cast members, it's Disney. Team members. Team members uh, in character <laughs> yes. in full steampunk regalia. Yeah, they, we've, Penelope Tucson is one of them, and her robot friend Jacques is another one. And she came over to our table to say hello and asked us about the symbol on our shirts, which was the rebel symbol, and then we started talking to her about rebellion and and droids, and it was it was we were explaining Star Wars to her. It was great, and you could tell like she was totally going along with it. Cause she was pretending she didn't know what Star Wars. Was. She's like, "What is that?" And it was great. Hopefully, we'll see her again today. So yes, if you are all ever. Uh here in florida on a vacation and you're going to universal to go see harry potter take some time out of your day and go get a meal at toothsome's at city walk mm-hmm. it is fantastic yes all right time to move on hey nancy what is new on the blog uh we've got a new book club about six of crows as i said before our, my friend kl came to talk about it and it's our longest book club episode yet <laughs> uh because we also talked a little bit about the sequel because i had i was like full into it by then but um it's it's it was a really good discussion. It's a little more um blue than usual. <laughs> There's a lot more f bombs, but um it's really oh, hard. Every time we get you and KL on the same recording. Okay, if you read the book, you would understand. It's really hard not to talk about these jerks without calling them a holes or f heads. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and uh, tomorrow, um. You and I will be recording a new episode of Mastroid. Yes, we missed a month in which I do apologize. Did uh, we? Yeah, we, were, we didn't record it all in October. Oh. Uh, we had one for August, had one for September, missed October. Oh. Maybe we'll get two out there this month or one this month and two next month. We can do one at the beginning of next month and then at, one the, at the end, end of the next yeah. month. We can talk about all of the Christmas stuff at yes, Disney. Yes, yes. Uh, tomorrow, though, we are going to be catching up on all of the uh, Disney and Disney Parks news, which there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably should write the shout out for this. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking Disney Cruise Line. Oh, uh, no. Oh, no. Our least favorite subject ever. <laughs> Uh, recommendations, tips, tricks, and uh, us saying why you should really book a vacation with DCL. You should. They're great. great. They're great. They're great. 
Uh, we got Bria has a comic review for Darth Vader number seven, and we put up a review last night for the occupation and flight of the Defender, the previous two Rebels episodes. Brian, what were your thoughts on those episodes? I really enjoyed them right until the last two and a half minutes. <laughs> that was my reaction too. <laughs> but no, they were really good. Um, I have a new nickname for Zeb, which I can't say on this show. Oh, I mean, you can allude to it. Sock blocker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Zeb sock blocker Aurelios. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, I really enjoyed the episodes overall, though. What was your reaction to seeing the Defender in action? <sighs> that was the first time we've actually seen it. Like, we've seen the hologram, and they've talked well, no, about it. No, we, we've seen it? We, yeah, we saw them uh, last season. Um, Were they actually flying The them? Mon Mothma episode. Were they flying them? Yes. Uh, oh. The TIE Defender was chasing them through that star. Right. Okay, well, what was your reaction to seeing it? I, Again! <laughs> I really love that. I, I'm a rebel through and through, but mm, that TIE Defender is one sexy starfighter. It's not. Yes, it's, it is. It's really ugly, Brian. You no, know, you want to see ugly, go look up the any image of the Imperial Missile Boat. That was ugly. I'm looking that up right now. Okay, I, I'm waiting. What is this from? This is TIE from, Fighter. They're both from TIE Fighter? Yeah. Uh, so what was the missile boat? Ugh! Yeah, right? <laughs> The missile boat was a heavily armored projectile launcher. Uh, that is not nice. Looking. No, it was a it was an ugly starfighter. <laughs> yeah. Not great, Bob. No, not not great, Bob. But yeah, it, it, they were they were good episodes. I I went on a rant about Kanan and Hera. <laughs> <laughs> my review just do the thing like i mean it's too it's too far gone they should have been doing the thing since the first episode of the show like i don't understand why it's just not like a common it's, it's just not accepted that they're in a relationship and people like say well Ezra's the main character and it's point of view and he's not necessarily like you know focusing on that i'm like okay but they call them, let's go pick up the kids. Like, you if you, you know what's going on with your parents. Like, so you know, your parents will try to hide things from you. But I don't you, know. Maybe Ezra really is that oblivious. Maybe he is. But, like, you know. Can we put that past him? I don't know if we can. <laughs> but, I mean, you know. Like, you see them, like, holding hands or just, you know, kissing each other in the cheek. Like, you know. Like, no, they're not going to be, like, making out in front of Ezra. But, like... I don't understand why they just didn't have it be like, oh, yep, they're together. And the argument, like the the things I've seen, like I've heard from some of the writers is that like they don't have time for it. Like, you know, when they're it's it's like when you have a kid and your focus all goes on the kid instead of the relationship and, and instead of the here, it's the rebellion. But I I see their point, but I also think that's really bad to show kids because like bad stuff happens all the time and you can't just stop having relationships and this isn't just romantic relationships it's relationships with anybody because you're doing you know you're focused on something else it's like well i can't have i can't be married to brian right now because i'm writing a book like that it's like it's part of your life you know your relationships and 
for kids to see this healthy relationship between two people fighting in the rebellion, like, that's important. And, like, in the original trilogy, we've got Han and Leia falling in love as they are fighting in the rebellion. So, obviously, those types of things can happen while you're at war. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's my soapbox. Kanan and Hera forever except until Kanan dies <laughs> but because that's what i think is going to happen like they're going to finally kiss on the show and then he's going to die and it's going to be really awful and i'm gonna hate them for that because <laughs> like yeah yeah it's gonna stink <laughs> um and that's it for new on the block all right, that brings us over to Deke's Dirt, news from around fandom, and oh, wow, it's been five years of Disney owning Star Wars and Lucasfilm. Yep. Ah. <laughs> you know, when we started this podcast, we got to a point in October. Yeah, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> that first year. Yeah. We were like, we're running out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we had, so we started the show in January 2012. Mm-hmm. So, like, we talked about, like, all of the th all of the topics in Star Wars, like, you could think of to cover. Like, I, I don't even know. We have to, like, go back and look. But, like, we talked about the books that were coming out. And we talked about, like, our favorite EU books. And, like, I know we t one time we talked about, like, sh like, our favorite romances. I think we did that on Valentine's Day. <laughs> we made a mockery of it. Um, but, like, yeah. And, like, we... And by the time, like, and then we had celebrations, so mm -hmm. we had a lot to talk about at celebration. Yeah, it, detours. Yeah, we had detours. <laughs> but like after 2012 was a very different time to be a okay, Star Wars fan. Okay, but they did everyone. have they did have some good book announcements, you know. So we were. Did any of those books happen? Yeah the the Re Empire and Rebellion. That's books. right. That's right. Um, but uh, so. Yeah, I remember we we got to a point and we're like, we either have to retool what this show is, or we have to become another Clone Wars podcast. Yeah, because yeah, that's pretty much we we like there was nothing we we like focused on everything. So we're like, I think we talked about it one time. Like, do we want to just focus on the books? Like, do we want just that to make our focus? So we have things to talk about, but. Then yeah, I mean, we, we had really three options then. Yeah. Like, like I said, there was become another Clone Wars podcast, do more than just Star Wars, or become just a book club podcast. Yeah. And then October 30th, 2012 happened. And I was sitting in a Taco Bell in Moses Lake, Washington, in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. I was at my desk doing work, checking Twitter, as, as I we, do. As we do. And, uh... I saw, I think I saw Pablo tweet something, but he didn't link to, like, any of the news or anything, like, any news articles. And then I saw, like, people start talking about it, and then I saw, finally saw the headline go by of, you know, Disney acquires Lucasfilm, and I went, what? <laughs> and then I clicked the article, and I read more, and I read about episode seven and i went what <laughs> and then i texted you because <laughs> i knew you were out of the office and i was just like oh my god what does this mean 
I really should have gone back and listened to that podcast we recorded <laughs> and see like how much we got right in our specul in our like crazy speculation and freaking out. Um, I know we talked mentioned like early on about EU is like yeah we cl- we said gone. that day that the EU was hosed. Yeah, I think we, I know we talked a lot about in, like, the time between the sale and the reboot announcement of ways they could keep the EU intact. Um, I mean, essentially following the Marvel thing that they don't even do anymore. Yeah. Of having an Ultimates universe and a Prime universe, but then even Marvel got rid of that and... They did? Yeah, they're all... uh, It's complicated. Uh, But yeah, it's all... (laughs) It's well, all one universe. Well, we also, I mean, we also talked about stuff like, I mean, they could have set it after all of the books had been finished, you know, all of the books and just written it in a way where you don't like reference stuff. That was one option. I think that would have been really hard to do. Well, Another that option. One, that one went out the window as soon as we found out that Carrie, Mark, and Harrison were yeah. coming back well, from these films. Well, another and another option was that like they could have taken some parts of the EU and just like like maybe did a soft reboot after Vision of the Future mm-hmm. or after the New Jedi Order or what you know what I think for a while that was my favorite approach. Soft reboot soft after reboot. Vision of the Future. Yeah. Like I could have seen like them keeping all of that and then just saying, okay, and now like because that's the end of the that's the end of the Galactic Civil War in Legends is the Hand of Thrawn duology. Um, so, and then you jump forward like 20 years to Force Awakens time frame. But, um, but obviously that's not what happened. And I'm okay with that because now we get more books. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was, it's, it's been five years. Ugh. Crazy. <laughs> Though it was... Actually, like, I was thinking back, like, those first few years, like, year and a half or so, was not fun. Like, it was not no, really was a good wi- time to be was, a Star Wars fan. It was a whole lot of uncertainty, wild space and wild space over speculation. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were an Expanded Universe fan, uh, it it was not fun. No. I mean, you and I, I think we made peace with it. Like the day it happened. Yeah, I mean, it took a, it took some time for me to get used to the idea, and I I wrote I wrote several articles about it, and one of them was like, I can't unlearn what I've learned if I don't know anything about what's to come. Like it was just this really blank unknown. We didn't know who was we, we didn't know who was going to be in the sequel trilogy. First of all, like we didn't find we didn't start hearing speculation about the big three returning until later. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't get confirmation until the whole cast was, you know, like brought back. Like we, we saw, we saw they were in London. So we're like, okay, we know they're in, just tell us. But, but up until then, like, like we didn't know when was it going to be set? What, what kind of story are they going to tell? Like, are, is it going to be like the children of, is it going to be about their children or is it going to be about completely other people? Because those were things they were talking about. And like, we didn't know what George's original story was that he left with them. And then, you know, Clone Wars got canceled mm-hmm. and a lot of fans were really upset about that. And they had said, we're doing a new show, but they didn't say anything about the new show until like 
a few months before it actually aired. Yeah, it was a whole lot of we're doing new stuff. What? We don't Wait we can't a tell year you. And a half. Yeah. So it was a year and a half of basically like them It was a year and a half before we even knew what the new stuff really was. Yeah, like we're going to cancel everything you like and just trust us that what is to come will be will be better. And I mean Granted, they were correct, at least in my opinion. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I, I can understand why fans got so upset and disillusioned back then, and thinking that Disney's going to ruin Star Wars. But um, I'm glad that we stuck it out. <laughs> you know, I, uh, you said something on Twitter a day or two ago. Oh, about Legends? Yeah. That legend, I think the Legends reboot was one of the best things that ever happened to me as a Star Wars fan. Mm hmm. Can you elaborate on that? Well, just basically, like, you know, there's there's things in Legends I miss. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I want Mara Jade to be part of the new canon. Like, and I, I also know that she, it would be really hard to have that happen, but. It's it's something I would love to see, and there's a lot of people who are like, "Oh no, I don't, you know, we, I don't want it to happen." Like they they would do a good job, but I'm just like, "Do it, do it, I don't care," <laughs> especially after seeing Thrawn. But like, so yeah, there's stuff I miss, and I'm not gonna like pretend like it wasn't a big part of my life and my my fandom. But like, the fact that it's now Legends, like, I I, I approach Star Wars now so much more like don't care so much about what is canon and like what has happened like and i sort of like take what i want from the story and make up the rest in my head like i've said so many times that i i i all i want to do for last jedi is watch luke skywalker for two hours like I just want to sit there and absorb it and not have like any expectations or have theories that I need to have confirmed. Like, and it, this isn't to say speculation is wrong. Like, if that's what you like to do, great. But for me, like, I I speculate, but I also speculate knowing it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> and because then I get my hopes up and it doesn't happen. So basically, everything that could happen in The Last Jedi will just surprise me and like be like better than my expectations so like every time we talk about like oh luke in an x-wing i don't think that's gonna happen if it does i will faint like if luke's piloting the falcon i will faint like so i just basically the point is like legends is still there i know those books are still there like i'm actually thinking of rereading hand of thrawn next year because i haven't read those books in so long and, like, you know, for me, that's part of Star Wars. It's a Star Wars story. It's not the Star Wars canon story, but it's still there. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you don't like the sequel trilogy, that's fine. But there's still six other movies to love. And if that's, you know, if you don't like Rebels, but you love the Clone Wars, it's still there. You know, so I just think it like the Legends reboot has sort of like it, it's made me really like like it's it's sort of like the worst thing that could have happened 
as a Star Wars fan for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I and and so now it's like everything else they do is like I'm like, oh, well, I survived that and those books are still there. So if yeah, I, I, I don't know if I don't know if any subset of Star Wars fans will quite have the trauma that Legends fans had as part of that sale. Yeah, and like I mean Clone Wars getting Clone Wars getting canceled. It was also was like, was sad, but everything there still quote unquote It's counts. canon and also we knew that and Dave Filoni and Jay Filoni was going to be doing the next show. So we knew right away like he's he's still part of the Star Wars and that's, you know, people people loved him and still do. So like yeah, I you know we we have said like there are fans who are too upset about the legends reboot and you know there are people who took it too far and i don't i don't want to say too upset because you know people can feel however they want but like take took it too far like acting like they're lucasfilm or disney is out to get you or like taking it personally like i don't take it personally but like whenever someone says like Oh well, what what if this character died? Like you know, or try to like say like how they would feel, either how, how upset they would be if Ezra dies in the Rebels. And I'm like, yes, but Ezra Bridger is still a character that's referenced throughout Star Wars. My favorite character no longer exists, so you know, it's kind of like yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that. Stop <laughs> stop me from talking. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> agree with everything you just said. Um, that was definitely, I think, the first thought on our mind when that sale happened. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we've. I, I think it's safe, fair to say that you and I definitely made our peace with it, mm -hmm. and we are very content with uh, what we're getting out of Star Wars literature now. Yeah. Um, really, one thing that's funny to look back on now is how we didn't see this coming. Yeah. You don't hire Kathleen Kennedy yeah. to oversee a pretty dormant property. With the, yeah. Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy is not here just to oversee the Clone Wars in perpetuity. Yeah. I don't know how we Like didn't how did see we that. miss that? Yeah. And, and we all did. And like the you think about like selling to Disney, like everyone thought that was the logical thing. Like, oh of course he would do that. But then like but Looking back on it, it's like, no, they they weren't planning that initially. Like he wasn't planning to sell the Disney initially, and then he was like, oh yeah, I want to retire, and they're the people I want to have control. So mm -hmm. yeah, remember that every everyone who like craps on Disney, and if you do, you're probably not listening to this podcast. But he chose to sell sell it to Disney because he trusted them above everyone else. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Okay, and now we're getting theme parks. Yes. Hooray! We'll talk <laughs> about that a little more on the mouse droid tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so five years. Yeah. That Taco Crunch Supreme <laughs> will be forever. Is that burnt. what you ate? I don't know. That's terrible. It'll be a forever burned into my memory. <laughs> uh, Taco Bell. I've, n I've not been back to a Taco Bell since that day, really? actually. <laughs> wow. the last time I was at a Taco Bell. Uh, there we go. Moving on. Uh, New York Times had a great article about Mark Hamill. 
Yes, go read it. It's wonderful. I love him so much. He is. <laughs> he's a nerd. He is. He is very much one of us. I know. Go read it. It's great. great. And, and that w- it was published on on October thirtieth, which was the five year anniversary. They didn't mention it, but I thought it was like a nice little yeah yeah little thing. Um, there's uh also Kathleen Kennedy was on the Star Wars show. Um, so there's a cool interview with her, and she's talking about how they're discussing the next ten years of Star Wars. The next ten years of Jack Porkins gonna be lit. <laughs> I am excited to see what the next like standalone's going to be and I don't think we're going to find out plans past episode 9 until we get to episode 9 but just knowing I still got that- my fingers crossed for an Ava DuVernay anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Or uh, apparently after the um all the the great reviews for Thor, um that director come into Star Wars. He had an interview out where he wanted to see if he could do a Hollywood movie or mm-hmm. blockbuster. Um, but it kind of sounded like he wanted to go back to do his own indie stuff mm. after that. Well, I mean, if they offered him Star Wars, yeah, usually yeah. that's the thing is people are like, oh, I want to do my own thing. Here's Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look at you, <laughs> JJ. Took it twice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, check out that spot on uh, the Star Wars show. And now we head on over to Big's Bullshit. News about the film trilogy and surprise new TV spot. <laughs> Would you like to set up this? Set this up, Brian. Okay, so it's what was it? Monday night. Uh, yeah. No, not Monday night. When was game seven? Seven Tuesday night. Tuesday. Um, we're both feeling a little under the weather, so we go to bed early. Yeah. And I'm laying in bed, just thumbing through Twitter on my phone. And I stop, and I shout. Uh, you were brushing your teeth or something. I shout, "Luke on the Falcon!" No, you you were like Nancy, and I went, "What?" Because I thought something bad had happened. <laughs> and then you were like, "Luke on the Falcon!" <laughs> Luke on the Falcon. And I went, "What? Where? Is this real? Is it fake? Is it a spoiler?" <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, apparently, um, it was a, it was dropped on the World Series, which no one knew about. It was, it was Wednesday. Wednesday. That's right. It was Wednesday. No one, no one knew this was happening. I'm assuming it was a relatively recent ad purchase once they knew that there was going to be a Game 7 and that it, lots of people were going to be watching it. Um, because yeah, they didn't say, oh yeah, we're doing this, we're, we're showing this. And it's only, it's only 45 seconds, so it's not like a, a trailer trailer. It's like one of the TV spots. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, there's some new stuff. And the first being it shows Luke Skywalker entering the Millennium, the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. That's a way to get our attention. Yeah. And it's, it's like five seconds and I'm like, can someone just please slow this down because it's going too fast and I want to see it. <laughs> um, yeah, so... And he reached over and knew exactly where to power on the entire thing. I, <laughs> I want to know why he's in there by himself. I want to know if he actually leaves with the Falcon because if he goes onto the Falcon and then does not actually leave, I'm going to be really upset. Because that's a rude 
trick. Indeed. Incredibly rude. Yes. But now I have like all of these like hopes and dreams about Luke leaving with with the Falcon to go to Crate. And like, is he flying the Falcon? Like, because you see it doing like all these crazy things, like shooting up through the the ground. Um and and it's firing in crate, so someone's in the gunner chair. So we also know Poe Dameron was on the Falcon at some point. Yeah, because there was pictures of him there. Uh, why is it not six weeks from now? I know. Uh, I know. Um, uh, there's also a better picture of Snoke's throne room, which is red and weird. Um, and also our first, our first uh, image, our first uh, viewing of uh, the genocidal ginger hucks <laughs> genocidal ginger hucks that's great someone put that on a shirt <laughs> and it ends with um right attacking luke question mark question mark question mark but 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 <laughs> some sleuthing ending and creative uh work over at the force.net forms mm-hmm. uh resulted in something interesting mm-hmm. if you reverse that shot it yeah. starts to look like they act, she's putting her lightsaber down naturally and yeah. they reversed it for the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks a lot more like that. Uh, I I've seen the comparisons uh, all over Twitter. Just go search for that. You should be able to find it. Mhm. Yeah. It it's it's a good. I'm just I'm watching it on mute and uh there's there's really not much more new shots other than the um the shot of the shot of Luke the shot of Luke um entering the Falcon. There's a shot of Finn in the cockpit going woo as he is wont to do. Um, there's Leia on the bridge, a different shot of Leia on the bridge. There's the Falcon f- breaking through the surface of Crate. There's that sh- shot of Snoke's throne room, and then the the shot of Ray at the end. But yeah, even though like even because like the image of her putting up the lightsaber, it doesn't look like she's angry. Yeah. Like she's breathing heavily, but it looks like it looks much more like a when you start, like a sparring thing. When you start looking at it, there's something uncanny, unnatural about the way they presented it in the trailer. It's kind of like the Tuscan Raider being rocked back and forth in post. Yeah. So yeah, that was our new Lash That Eye TV spot. And that means we're going to be getting a lot more in the next six weeks uh, i can't wait are you all right you good with this i i am good with this i'm very <laughs> good with this give it to me give it to me uh we also got a new international trailer it wasn't really much different than the one we had it was uh, just there, cut up differently yeah, were there any new shots in it i think there, there was, was a, a little bit of new ray there was a better look at r2 and 3po right right which was which is also like so, because R two w- went with them on the Falcon, so if he 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 has left definitely, and I don't know if R two would leave Luke alone again. Like if 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 he, they leave Octo, I don't think R two would would go with them. I think R two would s- want to stay with Luke if he didn't leave Octo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. Um, and then there's a new picture of Rose and Finn, um, from Entertainment Weekly and an article to go along with it. And And an uh, accompanying tweet from Ryan Johnson that made us all happy and sad at the same time. 
Yeah, so she's got a mystery necklace, and they were like asking like crescent moon shaped necklace. Yeah, and they're saying like, why is it significant? And I, I'm guessing it's significant. I don't know if it's significant, but um, someone asked Ryan Johnson on Twitter, "What's the deal with all the space jewelry? Did they go to a space case?" And he replied that Carrie grabbed his arm during rehearsal and urgently said, "We need more space jewelry." And, and he thought the idea was fabulous. Yeah, so there's that ring that Poe's wearing around his neck. There's the necklace that um, Kelly Marie Tran wears. There's all of the jewelry that Leia's wearing. So I thought Luke, I think Luke was wearing something as well. He might be wearing something as well, but yeah. I need a replica of Rose's necklace ASAP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry if uh, that can't be purchased uh, I mean, by the time the movie comes out. It's actually really, I mean, it's really pretty. Like it is, I would, yeah. it's, I would totally wear that because it's spacey. It's spacey and pretty. Yeah. Like, All at the same time. And I wanted Jin's kyber crystal necklace, but the one that came out was like hundreds, of, like I think it was like over a thousand dollars and they came out with a cheaper one, but. Okay. How was that not, how was that not sold at Disney parks at a cheaper price? I don't know. Right. Because that, that should have been all over the place there. Yeah. Well, and that's, I, I was pissed off that they never made like an actual official replica of Padme's Japur snippet. Uh, that one still baffles me. Yeah. Right. Well, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Moving on. It's time for Cammy's concerns. And uh, well, we're not talking I from delete, a certain point of view. I delete. I, I did that wrong. <laughs> Go on there. Uh, we're breaking down various Ray theories. Yeah. We've never really talked. Like, we've talked about what we think about Ray and yeah, like, where we've she given, comes We've from. given some passing thoughts here and there. But we've never devoted a whole topic to it. So... I have thoughts because of this end going along with reading the Varkosigan book. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to let you kick this off. <laughs> well, first, I thought we'd go down and like go through all of the theories that fandom has passed around and our general thoughts on each of them. So, like, so there's several theories that are like that are bandied about a lot one is that she is nobody she's her parents are not people that we know so that would be the ray random then there is ray palpatine (laughs) i'm sorry but i only accept that one if she is a ken palpatine xp that's it (laughs) then there is ray kenobi ray solo or ray skywalker and the solo skywalker kind of go together um her being from that family so let's go down each of them uh first of all let's go with ray palpatine because you had a ray visceral reaction nope <laughs> that's that's all i have to say no nope. see the the problems with the ray palpatine theory is that she can't be his daughter because she's not old enough um to have been born before he died so she would have to be like a granddaughter or like a clone or like a daughter of his clone or something stupid like that. And that would require a lot of like explanation. Um, all of these would. And that's the thing. Like some people say like, well, this theory is more like this theory makes more sense than the this other theory. But the problem is, is that like 
we don't know why she was on Jakku. However, whatever, wherever she comes from, that needs to be explained. How did she end up on Jakku? Why did she end up on Jakku? Um, the thing I like about the Palpatine theory is that Kylo is like reveres Vader and wants to be like Vader. So if Rey is a descendant of Vader's master, that would be interesting <laughs> to see like Kylo's thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> um you're just down for anything that makes kylo sad i mean everything is gonna make <laughs> kylo sad uh ray uh, kenobi what about that one i am only okay with this if she is not obi-wan's direct descendant so like his some other like kenobi. a brother yeah. like that he he the family he left mm-hmm. because i i just i just cannot see him. I just cannot. I'm going to clip that. Uh, I just cannot see him having a child at any point. He was too intertwined with all of the failings for the Jedi Order for that to ever happen. True. It could have, he could have happened after he was in exile. But while he was in exile, his only priority was safeguarding luke true i would be okay with this if she was also she was ray kenobi but also ray skywalker if like obi-wan had a daughter and luke ended up with the daughter everybody wins with this one that's a fanfic way to happen actually actually there were many fanfics that posited that mara was obi-wan's daughter <laughs> Just- going back to the legend well folks <laughs> um yeah i mean i know like we've seen like obi-wan with satine and like people love that relationship but like i think the whole point of that relationship is that there wasn't one like there were feelings but nothing ever happened there were feelings but nothing could ever come of it yeah that's why that's why the whole thing worked yeah um i do however again like the idea of ray being a descendant of obi-wan kenobi when kylo like you know Vader killed Obi Wan. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's there's a, some poetic symmetry there. Yeah, that's it's like it would be really interesting of like, well, Kylo's trying to be like Vader, and Rey is descended from Obi Wan, yeah. and I mean, he was a Kylo's real name is Ben, <laughs> which I think like a lot of people don't like that. I think it's fabulous because think of all the angst it gives him that his given name is after the person vader killed Mm -hmm. and the person who maimed vader it's great so good (laughs) um ray uh, let's go with ray solo uh i i am a i don't think it's gonna happen because doing that after killing han off just no it's it would be really upsetting if she was his daughter and he found didn't out. Know. Yeah, yeah, he didn't know, or maybe he did, but didn't, didn't tell say her. anything. And then she didn't know until and after he's dead. Yeah, I mean, I was, I can't see it, especially with her hug with Leia. Like, I I feel like that hug is more is is a familial hug. Mm-hmm. But if Leia was her mother. Like, I feel like... 
that would have been more. Yeah, like she would have said so. Yeah. Because I rem- like in the when we were watching the movie the first time, like I went back and forth, I don't know how many times thinking Ray was either Han and Leia's kid or Luke's kid. Like I went back and forth and I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah, she's definitely Han Han and Leia's kid." And then another scene would happen, I'm like, "Oh no, she's definitely Luke's." <laughs> and by the end of the movie, I landed on, you know, I was like I think Luke's, but like there is a lot in the movie that could be could be construed for her being a Organa solo, but I feel like if it if she was it would have been to happen in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um So I think the ship has sailed on that one yeah. unfortunately. And especially after Bloodline. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um so I think I think the two really big theories that everyone talks about is her being like descended of nobody or her being Luke's child. Um, I, I've come to terms with her being Ray Random. Um, now, I'll tell you why I'm, why I'm okay with Ray Rand. We'll circle back to that one, but okay. I'll tell you why I've increasingly become okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you said the other one is. Skywalker yeah. descendant. Yeah. So why why about the Ray Random one? Oh, you, we want to just go do ahead. That now. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> found family is one of my favorite tropes in fiction. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, that's a reason that I loved Mass Effect Andromeda so much, while everyone else hated it. I mm-hmm. adore the found family trope, and if she's a random, mm-hmm. but is taken in by the Skywalker solo clan as one of their own. I would be happy and content with that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I do think it's a misstep to have her not be an actual descendant of the family, and I'll explain why. But I I am okay because with with her being so-called Ray Random because she I feel like whatever, whatever hap- whatever the the history is with her and Luke, they're going to end up like father daughter. Like they're going to be master and apprentice. They're going to have that sort of relationship. Um, and like Obi Wan is not Luke's father, but I feel like the relationship they had they had even in the short amount of time is possibly stronger than the relationship that Luke had with his actual father. And if Obi-Wan had lived, I feel like Obi-Wan would have become, like, a Mm -hmm. de facto father for Luke. So I feel like no matter what, whatever the truth is, Luke is going to be, like, her, her father. They're going to be, they're going to be a family. And that, that's really what I want to see. Yeah. As long as that's the sort of relationship they, I mean, because, like, even, like, you know, you even look at Yoda, like, Yoda is nowhere near related to Luke, but like that relationship they had was sort of like a parent and a child, um, you know. So I feel like as long as that's what happens, I'll I'll be okay with it. And I do, I I you know, so many people like the theory because they like it because it it proves that you don't have to be from this bloodline to be powerful. And I. That that is that is a really powerful idea that you can be anyone and have this skill in the force or be important. Yeah, I, I think it's also important though that it's also it's also important that a woman can 
be a part of that heroic Arturian bloodline. That is that is one of my main issues with people not wanting her to be a Skywalker. It's like, okay, well, why why can't the female protagonist be also a Skywalker? Like the first trilogy, Anakin is not necessarily a protagonist, but he's the central character. Um, then we've got Luke, and then now we have Rey. Why can't she also be a Skywalker? Um, and uh, like my initial thoughts when they announced the Legends reboot, like I think the day after was when they showed the cast photo, and of course everyone started speculating who is being who is who. And I remember thinking, I am totally fine with them scrapping Legends if they give me a Skywalker daughter. Like I'm. 100% fine with it. Burn it down. Yeah. So, and I, I, that's how I still feel. Like, I, you know, and it, I mean, I'm still going to feel that way even if Ray is not Luke's daughter because it gave us a female protagonist. But that was my initial thoughts. Um, it's for her, for her being Ray random, I, I'm coming around more to the idea because of, um, I mentioned it when we were talking about Phasma, I think, in the book club, but how um, I feel like, you know, it's there's talking about Brendel Hux going around and like finding people to bring into the First Order. And we know that's how Finn was found. He was kidnapped from his family. And I feel like Ray, I feel like that's what happened to her. Like and be mainly because of Snoke's line in the trailer when I found you, and like if you speculate that he's actually talking to Ray, so like I feel like he found her, and her, her parents or family somehow stashed her on Jakku and never were able to return for her for some reason. Either they died or whatever. Um, so like because they knew how powerful she was in the Force. Maybe they were trying to bring her to Luke and weren't able to. Um, like that's that's the real thing is like I'm I'm less interested now in like whose whose daughter she is than why did they leave her on Jakku? Because even if she's not anyone's daughter, like she was left there. It's not like she grew up on Jakku. Yeah, we don't need to know. Why was she left there? Like, we don't need to know about Poe Dameron's backstory because he's a pilot. Like, there is no mis- mystery to where he comes from. Poe Dameron, a pilot. Shout out, Red Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, like, we know, like, he's Leia's best pilot. He fights in the Resistance. Like, there's no sort of mystery. Even Finn, like, we know he was taken from his family join the first order when he was a child you know when he was a baby like we don't really need to know more than that you know i'm sure we will but that's answered all we know is that ray was left on jakku and we don't know why and we don't know by who and we don't know when so no matter where who her parents are who her family is those that question needs to be answered and i'll be really dissatisfied if it's not because i don't want it to be another like thing in the prequels with like Sifo-Dyas or something like that where it's a mystery that's never really answered until the prequels or until the Clone Wars but you know what I mean 
Make me stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got distracted uh, with Chuck Wendig tweeting, signing a snazzy new contract with my new Yoda pen. I cannot say more as yet. Uh-oh. Chuck! Chuck! Um, so yeah, those are the various theories. Um, and like, I think, I think the biggest ones, Luke having her being Luke's daughter and having her be nobody's daughter, I think those are the two main ones, and those are the ones I've vacillate between, and I think I'd be fine with. I mean, honestly, I'd be fine with any of them if they're written well. Yeah. But we have our preferences and our personal opinions. Yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely a fan of uh, being a descendant of Wilrow Hood. <laughs> That's where I want it to go. I don't think that would work, Brian. Skin color doesn't match. Adoption's a thing. Okay. Well, that's not really a descendant. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking blood descent, bloodline descendant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the initially right after TF or TFA came out, I think everyone was spec was sort of set on her being a Skywalker. Um, there's a lot of stuff in the movie that points to it. You know the 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 flashback and it. You know, her seeing Kylo at the temple and everyone coming up with a theory of that, you know, Kylo maybe spared her and left her on Jakku or she was rescued from the temple and Luke left her on Jakku. Um, You know, there's and then, you know, the way Luke and Rey look at each other at the end and how she like, you know, Maz says her, you know, the uh, her like look ahead to the future and she says luke you know um like i mean my mother was like that's that's his daughter right <laughs> and my, you know my mother's knowledge of star wars is minimal and even now like there was a tour.com article about all of the like theories about ray and like what people thought about them and s- at the end someone was like it was the, the final entry was like Obviously, she's Luke's daughter. Like, 80% of us in this office are side-eyeing every one of you who thinks otherwise. (laughs) So I'm like, it's still, like, if you just look at the movie, I think that is what people automatically assume. And I, that worries me because I think that's why they didn't do, I think that's why they are not going to go that way. Because it's what people expect. And I think that's a misstep because what people expect doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a bad story. Like, everyone thought that Ahsoka was Fulcrum. And she was. And it was great. She was telegraphed <laughs> from the beginning, and it was fine. It was great. Like, it was not, like, I don't, I feel like making plot lines to surprise people doesn't necessarily work unless there's groundwork for it. And I think, like, the really the only groundwork in TFA is that she's either a Skywalker or she's no one's daughter. I feel like those are the two things that make the most sense from the movie. Now, if you look at the other media that we've gotten since then, I think Bloodline is the one nail in the coffin for the Ray Skywalker theory because it puts Ben's turn much later than people expected. Mm-hmm. So she couldn't have been left on Jakku as part of that massacre at the temple. So again, raises a question: Why was she left there? 
that is what I want to know much more than parentage. Yeah. Why was she left there? Why was she left there? Like, I and that's, I think, like, I feel like that is, we're going to have that revelation in her confrontation with Snoke. Like, I feel like, it, it, you know, that's going to be the big reveal that we get at the end of the movie. I mean, it could be that Snoke was after her because she was Luke's daughter. I mean... That is a possibility, like that he went after her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> that we will. That we will. So to wrap up, I wanted to talk about the Varkosikans. <laughs> All right. No, you, you, no, be a part of this conversation. Don't do that. <laughs> so, like, be, no, because I'm going to talk about legends. So you have opinions about legends. So a lot of people like have said we there's been a lot of talk about how, why Luke wasn't part of TFA and it was because he sort of took over every time they put him in the script. So like the whole idea was that Luke needed to be somewhere else so that the new characters could be introduced and have their time to shine, which I think you and I both agree was what they needed to do. Yeah, I that definitely. They needed to establish them and establish Rey as the hero. Um, now, thought experiment. If Rey was Rey Skywalker from the beginning, and we knew it, is there a bird in here? <laughs> I think there's a bird outside of our window. <laughs> oh. But, um... Oh, yeah, that is definitely a bird outside the window. <laughs> Naz, come get the bird. <laughs> so, um, so, like, I was trying to think of, like, what would, what would it, the sequel trilogy be like if Rey was Luke's daughter and we knew it from the beginning? And, like, would there have been a way to write the story so that Rey Skywalker is the hero out on her own adventures and Luke is elsewhere, not overpowering the story. And a lot of people have said, no, that's really not possible. Um, And like, you can look at legends and most people will say that the biggest misstep of legends is that they didn't move away from the big three being the stars Mm -hmm. early enough. Like the new Jedi order should have been, like the transition to Jason and Jaina and Anakin being the, the stars. And then after that, they are the ones driving the narrative and not Han, Luke and Leia and Mara. Um, and I mean, the other characters could have books on their own, but I feel like, like we've all, you know, believe that there was a misstep in, in that. Um, like, could you imagine if the new Jedi order had been set like, 20 years after Vision of the Future oh, instead of five. That would have been so great. Like, or te- not even five, like 10. So that, like, they were, like, imagine if they, if that series had happened when Jason and Jaina were like 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. And, or even 19, like Luke and Leia, instead of like, I think they were 16 when it started. Were they 16 when it started? I think they were 16 when it started. So, like, yeah, like, I feel like they could have done so much better. And I don't want the sequel trilogy to follow 
and and make those same mistakes. But I do think that you could have used the descendants of them as the, the stars and it could have worked. And to that, I will point to Miles Vorkosikin. <laughs> now, Brian, you have read the first book. I have. Shards of Honor. Mm-hmm. So that introduces Errol and Cordelia as the the main heroes, right? Correct, yes. So you don't know anything about Miles except for what I've told you. Correct. So can you imagine like going from reading about Errol and Cordelia and then there's another book about them and then moving on to Miles? Yeah. Like, but it seems jarring, right? Like, because initially, for me, I was like, I don't want to leave Errol and Cordelia. I want I want to read about them, not well, Miles. it'd be more jarring as a book because you're reading them sequentially, whereas with Star Wars, we've had 10, 15 years to... Right. Well, actually, if you're thinking the end of Jedi, 30 yeah, right. to get used to the idea of films after it being about someone else. Right. So when the Verkhozigan series was first published, she, Louis Master Bujol wrote three books. One of them was Shards of Honor, which is about Errol and Cordelia, which are who are Miles' parents. The second book was Warrior's Apprentice, which is about Miles. And... The third one was about unrelated characters but set in the same universe. And she did that because she didn't know which books would sell or if they would sell at all. And she wanted to have three different jumping off points. So all the books sold. And then she continued on with Miles' story as because he was the one that she thought of first. Like, and um, her father was an engineer and like kind of well known. And she wanted to write about someone with great man's son syndrome and so that is how miles came about and like miles's whole character arc is wanting to prove his grandfather wrong about him because miles is he has he was born like with very brittle bones and he's suffered a lot of illnesses and is very short because of that um like he's you know he's a he's a disabled protagonist but and the society he lives in um, will like basically kill babies if they're any sort of have any sort of problems. Um, and he basically has spent his whole life trying to prove his grandfather wrong about him and trying to live up to his father's name. And he even says in one of the books, just for I love my father and I'm glad I'm his son. But just for once, I would love for my father to be introduced as Miles Verkosigan's dad. <laughs> um so and i have read like i've read a lot more books now and now i'm like this is miles's series like i still love cordelia his mom but like i'm like i love miles so much and i'm just imagining like doing this with luke luke's child like you know having the the this the Skywalker saga be the the original trilogy the first books and then moving on to being about his daughter like trying to live up to that name like how do you do that and that's what I that's what I miss about like her necessarily not being his actual daughter like I hope they go into that like of her being his apprentice and having to live up to that I hope that when we finally get books about Ben Solo that they go into that because 
it's so good and it provides so much angst. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the point is like they the in the Miles's books, you do not get his parents. His parents are not in his books, except for like maybe a few scenes. And if they are in his books, they're not present all the time. They're like off doing their own stuff. So like initially, like like Errol was super important. He was the regent of the whole Borearan Empire. But then Miles goes off and does his adventures off planet. And then when he finally returns to his planet, his parents are sent somewhere else <laughs> as part of their career. So, like, they um, picture this, Brian. I'm picturing. So, we have Vision of the Future. Luke and Mara get married. The war between the Empire and the Rebellion is, and the Rebel Alliance is over, or the New Republic is over. We have peace. Luke and Mara have a child during this peacetime. Maybe more than one child. Who knows? We've got, you know, Anakin, Jason, and Jaina from Han and Leia. Leia is in, is in the government, leading the New Republic. Han is off doing whatever he wants to do. Maybe he's got his racing business. Luke and Mara are over at the Jedi Academy slash Praxium, whatever they're calling it this time, with their child slash children and training all the little Padawans. The Yuuzhan Vong invade at some point many years later, and their invasion quarter puts them through Yavin 4. Like, it's happens in the new jedi order so you can have like han and leia's kids old enough to not have to be at the academy anymore and leading like the fighting and then you have leia over in the government doing her thing and luke doing his thing with the like protecting the baby jedi and luke's whole thing could be like he's not fighting in this war because he has to protect all the the younglings like that's what he wants to do instead of actually fighting to protect them so you can have the three solo kids and possibly skywalker kids fighting and you're not wondering well where is luke why are they not here because they're the leaders of the story and now like transport that to the to the sequel trilogy where we have fighting the first order like luke could be off with the jedi trying to keep them safe um while other people are fighting the first order yeah that could work so yes that would have been an interesting timeline to live in i'm gonna write it <laughs> <laughs> that's my answer to all these things is i'm gonna write that fan <laughs> there we go so yeah it, ideally, how would you write it? Like, given what we know, I mean, even if even if you don't take into account Bloodline, like if you just take into account The Force Awakens, to make Rey a Skywalker, or whatever, whatever you want, like whatever your ideal is, I would say I, I still like the Rey Skywalker thing. Mm -hmm. I think you could make it work if. She is stripped from her parents, mm -hmm. presumed dead, and her presence masked. Mm. That's a good one. I think my ideal theory is Snoke going after her because she is a 
Skywalker because mm-hmm. she's Luke's daughter. And then her being hidden away either by Luke or her mother or by someone else and Luke presuming her dead or knowing that she's hidden but wanting that for her so she's safe. Um, Obviously assuming that she would be more taken care of in the desert, but, Mm -hmm. you know. um, And then since that is taken away from Snoke, him turning his attention to Ben. Because imagine if Ben, if Kylo Ren finds out that he was second choice. <laughs> I love that so much. Could you imagine how angry he would be? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that would be so good. It would. So good. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Any last thoughts? I think I've said too much already. You you talk for the rest of the time. <laughs> well, I, I, I believe uh, the me talking now is to close us out. This <laughs> okay. episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. $1 gets you into the Patreon-exclusive Slack team. $5 gets you a chance to take part in our uh, bonus mini-podcast every month in which you've got a chance to win some prizes and ask us anything. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore Station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. Uh, you can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E, on Facebook or the Tashi Station Network. We're available on the iTunes Store, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, please do leave a review. That does help us uh, grow the show and uh, get out in front of more folks to listen to. Uh, you can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. We will catch you all next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Giraffe Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, <laughs>